Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. Today I have a new guest, Levsa Bayankhail. Levsa has worked for human rights since 2012 and has worked with an American independent human rights activist Benkin R Richard on a book called Radical Islam. She is a former PTM Denmark Information Secretary and today one of the core members of the Pashtun Protection Movement committee in Denmark. She holds a bachelor's degree in public administration and recently got a master of science in public administration. Her research was on Pakistan secret cooperation with the Taliban in Afghanistan where she interviewed five generals from the NATO and US and one former Afghan governor and one expert from Denmark. Also joining me is Professor M.D. Nalapat, who of course needs no introduction. So welcome to our show, Levsa, for the first time and welcome Professor um, Nalapat. Thank you for having me. It's uh, a privilege to be part of this uh, show. Thank you. The privilege is all ours, uh, Lipsa, and I'm hoping that our viewers will get a history lesson as well as what is happening up until now in Pashtunistan. And uh, we we kind of get it mixed up. Sometimes we call it Pakh, the K. Sometimes we call it with an S, and and sometimes we drop both and say Pathan. But anyway, the point I think I'm trying to make is we want to straighten out all these things today, and we also want to go back in history a little bit. But before doing all that stuff, I just want to tell you some interesting developments that took place a couple of weeks ago in California. There was a free Pashtunistan demonstration in front of the governor's mansion in California in Sacramento. And there were some speeches made and we are going to give you some excerpts of that as part of this conversation. But Professor Nalapat, suddenly there is a lot of interest about Pashtuns, Pashtunistan, their causes, how they are being suppressed by the, uh, the Pakistani government. Can you kind of give us a 360 degree view and then we can talk to our guest today about specifics of what the Pashtuns are facing in uh, Pakistan? Well, you know, we have uh, a true expert on the Pashtun people uh, in Levsa Bayankhail. And uh, but I'd like to say that from my from my knowledge of the study of the Pashtun people, and I would like to point out that from my research, I have come to the conclusion that Afghanistan uh, was uh, actually the Pashtun people were a very modern and progressive uh, people. I mean, you had, you know, uh, King Zahir Shah was definitely modern and progressive. Uh, the, uh, I mean, even President Daoud was very modern and progressive. And Pashtun women were quite uh, progressive. And they wanted to be educated. And they were going around. And they had made their mark across the world. And suddenly in the 1980s, what happened? I mean, 79, you had this uh, most unwarranted uh, invasion by, by Russia. In fact, the problem had begun from the 1970s when the Russians really wanted to make Pashtunistan their Pakistan. You remember the Pakistan military was essentially, uh, I mean, totally dominated by the US. So the Russians thought, well, well, you know, uh, India is too big to dominate, but why don't we try and see if we can dominate uh, uh, Pakistan uh, uh, through Afghanistan? 
and they they launched a very they did a, a large number of uh, you know political movements in uh, afghanistan they they had well, two or some presidents two of them uh, they were not happy with one they one of them uh, died mysteriously the other also was uh, died and the last was killed in a very brutal way who was actually uh, i mean from my reckoning and uh, my reckoning he was a fairly successful individual in trying to unite uh, afghanistan but regrettably he chose the wrong side in this particular war and uh, and the americans frankly had nothing but you know what do i say they just left him to their fate which is a horrible fate so the taliban took over in 1996 courtesy president lincoln uh, he was very cruelly executed now from the 70s therefore you see a change in not only possibly the sociology inside uh, uh, afghanistan and the pashtun people are uh, if I, i mean not if not the majority possibly the majority and definitely the most powerful community in afghanistan uh, you know the uh, others are uh, there they are wonderful people but it's the pashtuns who are really the dominant community in uh, uh, afghanistan so what happened was that you know the united states and i've been saying this right from the 1990s uh, i mean not really from the 1980s Uh, but from the 1990s, certainly, I've been writing extensively about it and and talking about it. The I think the United States made a wrong call. There were a large number of Pashtun nationalists. You know, people like like for example, uh, Lepsa and her husband, who is a an equally, if I may say so, proud and independent Pashtun. So people like that, and uh, the Pashtun nationalists. were much bigger in number than the pashtun religious extremists who had been you know in a sense nurtured through certain institutions funded by saudi arabia funded by other middle eastern states and frankly staffed by individuals from pakistan and individuals who were most likely not even pashtun most of them were actually from a different province the province that controls the pakistan military all three of us know what that province is there's no need to repeat it here i mean so you know the this is actually the americans chose the wrong side instead of empowering the pashtun moderates the pashtun nationalists their ally pakistan persuaded them to empower pashtun radicals because their ally pakistan was afraid that if pashtun nationalists pashtun moderates become dominant in afghanistan Uh, or you know uh, doing the very necessary task of removing the soviet occupiers and invaders then the pashtuns in pakistan also would fall out of, the, of their control and the pashtuns in pakistan the, the baloch the pashtuns the sindhis the mohajirs they're all under the control of the military and the military is under the control i mean people say punjabi but in punjab there is that potiawari uh, uh, region it's basically a potiawari uh, it's not even a punjabi military it's a potiawari military so that was the beginning in in my view of the problems that came in afghanistan this you know this deliberate empowering of radicals uh, by uh, i mean uh, by by carter 
I mean, you had Brzezinski, who was the National Security Advisor. He was viscerally anti-American. He would have signed a pact with, 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 with any power in the world in order to do something against Russia. He was viscerally Russophobic. We are seeing the same kind of Russophobia now, by the way, erupt in some parts of the world. And then after that, I mean, you had multiple people and you know, two US presidents. And they, unfortunately, put the Pakistan military in the driver's seat. And the Pakistan military put the small fringe of Pashtun uh, extremists in the driver's seat. And that fringe, unfortunately, grew at the expense of the majority of Pashtuns who were moderate and who were, frankly, I mean, very patriotic and very willing to fight for their country. The uh, Pakistan army wanted people who would fight for Pakistan. The Pashtun nationalists wanted to fight for Afghanistan. For the Pashtun people. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Nalapat. Um, Zbigniew Brzezinski, was he Polish American by any chance? Uh, well, he was a he was a very brilliant chap, but I think he, like many Americans, now you have one or two Ukrainians there whom I've seen, one of them formerly in uni in uniform, who are completely Ukrainian. And yes. Brzezinski, in some ways, was completely Polish. And as a, a Polish individual, he didn't like the, the the Soviet Union at all, and who can blame him? Because the Russians were the Soviet Union, the Russians acting as the masters of Poland. You can't blame Brzezinski for that. Yes, and 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 uh, United States went through a series of you know foreign-born people who were the secretaries of state, starting with Henry Kissinger, then Zbigniew Brzezinski, yes. and so on and so forth. Very interesting period. Uh, anyway, let's move past that and let's come back to the topic that we were talking about, Pashtun. Um, viewers, you need to understand that the Durand line is an artificial construct that was drawn by the British to keep a proud race separate. That is the Pashtun race. That is how I understood it. I've read quite a bit because believe it or not, I had to prepare a bit for this particular uh, conversation. And again, I would urge our viewers to read the book Narendra Singh Sarila's Shadow of a Great Game. The ebook as well as the print version, some limited copies are available in Amazon.com. You will be able to get the ebook anywhere in the world. It is important because he was the last or probably the only Hindu aide de camp to Lord Louis Mountbatten. And he had access to what the British were up to, what the Americans were trying to do. In 1946, there was a plebiscite that was, uh, that was taken, that was done in Pashtun area, which was rigged. The British didn't want the Pashtuns to be a uh, part of India. India tried to have a plebiscite. This part doesn't get mentioned a whole lot. In fact, even Nehru was there to campaign for it. But again, the, one of those botched attempts where they should have figured out that one party was saying that they were neutral, but they were not really neutral. I leave it to you. You read that book. You understand what happened. It's a big, great travesty. Lepsa, I'm sorry it took us so long to have you included in this conversation. I'm going to put you a simple question. You know, Khan Abdul Ghaffar Khan was called as Frontier Gandhi. And, and was very, very popular all over India during the freedom movement. And, and his, his, his movement... The Khudai Khidmatgar was well appreciated. And I mean, this was something that was not heard of before that. He was a great unifier. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Pashtun, the land, the, the people could not be part of India. For what reasons, I can't explain at this point why the Congress did what they did. But 
uh, like I said, there was a plebiscite, and, and unfortunately, they could have at least not even had the plebiscite, but they should have known that it was rigged. Anyway, long story short, can you kind of bring us up to date between 1947 and now about what the Pashtun people went through from your eyes, and then we can start looking at the latest developments. Go ahead. Um, I would say the Pashtun uh, the destruction of Pashtun history and uh, civilization or democratic and um, moderate values started in, in 1892 uh, when Pashtun were uh, divided uh, uh, into two uh, uh, by the uh, Britain. And then again, in when 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 Soviet Union uh, invited Afghanistan and and uh, the Western uh, countries uh, invested in uh, extremism. In the beginning, we thought it was inqilab. We everybody know what inqilab is, and my father was part of it. And we all thought that we were being invited, and we should fight for our uh, freedom. And we do not want to be you know, invited by in foreigner. We have always been proud people. We love our history. We have never been you know, brutal to anybody. We have never uh, invited any country. The only reason we fought against Soviet Union was not because we was, were religiously extremism, extremists. It was just because we thought that you know, the Western country was there to help us to be a free nation and then when the when the western country leave left we were uh, thrown out to pakistan and the pakistan got the opportunity uh, you know to to use uh, pashtun and all those people who who lost their parents and and and, and the opran and they were being you know injected into religious extremism and then in 1992 uh, the Pashtun, yeah, the game changed. And I don't know for whatever reason it was, but I believe it was because that Pakistan do not want Pashtun to be united. And the Pakistan was uh, using uh, the religious extremism to go, to portray us as extremists. And this is how it began. Now, what is happening today in the Pashtun area and the PTM, it has some presence in cities as far as Karachi, isn't it? So can you describe to us a little bit about what the situation is on the ground right now? Yeah, in, in 2001, when U.S. come and invited Afghanistan, the Pakistan uh, start playing their double game with the West and, you know, on the Pashtun area. And they killed a lot of Pashtun people and uh, uh, forced them to leave uh, their area in, uh, especially in Waziristan and in Fata. And then many Pashtun lost their loved ones and uh, they were, you know, killed and they disappeared without any reason. And then the PTM come to being and the PTM is uh, asking for their rights uh, under the constitution of, of, of Pakistan and nothing else. Just recently, we saw in in uh, in Karachi, uh, the PTM uh, is asking for uh, for you know for uh, the release of of uh, Ali uh, Wazir, Ali yeah. Wazir, who is a former who is a, a, a member of of 
of uh, of uh, the parliament and is also um, an active member of PTM. He has been there for 15 more months for no reason. We don't know why he's behind, behind uh, the bars and the, the, the Pakistani or the Karachi um, uh, assembly is not listening to them, but they have ensured that they will release him. Now we are waiting for a month and then we will see what's happening. And, um, you know, viewers, some of you have been asking, why, I'm, uh, why is Sri Iyer suddenly covering Pakistan? It's important because they used to be part of India. These are all, you know, and, and, and there, is, there are a lot of things in which India can help. First of all, moral support and also in trying to define what is going on. Uh, this, this arrest of Ali Wazir is really, really strange what is happening. But you have it's to not, remember... Sorry, sorry to interrupt. It's not just Ali Wazir. All other human rights activists are um, in jail for no reason. We don't know. They are making false uh, cases in uh, terrorism uh, court. They have called anti-terrorism court and uh, saying that they have been said some uh, slogans which are anti-state. But if you see at the, all the terrorists, they are roaming freely. No, no, none of them are, you know, restricted. Uh, these anti-terrorist court are not used against the, the hardcore Taliban terrorists. It is just for the Pashtun and the Baloch people, if you look at it. Absolutely. Recently, and the PTM, and I will request everybody to just serve for Pashtun protection movement, and they will see how they are protesting. They have been in Karachi for 24 days. They have slept on the, on the street. You wouldn't see them uh, being physical. They have peacefully protested and demanded their basic human rights, but they are being called terrorists and extremists. And the Pakistani, uh, you know, police has also, you know, opened fire against the founder of, of, uh, of PTM Manzur Pashtin in Balochistan. For, for no reason, who is terrorist here? Is it the state of Pakistan or, or Pashtun, uh, Pashtuns? Pashtun are peacefully protesting. They are not being peace, uh, physical. They do not have any guns or anything. But still, we are being portrayed as terrorists. Um, Levsa, all I can tell you is right now, Mr. Imran Khan is trying very hard to stay the prime minister. He has been doing very thing. He has been arresting his own friends. Some people who used who helped him get elected, he has arrested them, and, and and for some innocuous statements. So this is there is a in this last few weeks there's a fair amount of turmoil going on. I'm hoping that the dust will settle soon. But it is impossible to ignore. I mean, it is impossible to not notice that you know the Balochi uh, independent uh, people who are asking for independent as well as the Pashtun. Their voices have been suppressed. I can tell you even Sindh's voices are being suppressed. This is just one particular state in this nation of Pakistan that wants to essentially Punjabify the entire country. And this has been going on for a long time. Only now, thanks to social media and to, you know, uh, reaching out to people such as yourself, that we are now hearing all the different atrocities being committed by this particular government. Um, the the important takeaway that I want to uh, take from this particular conversation is uh, before we go to the next question to you, Levsa, Professor Nalapat, can you tell us a little bit about why 
Pakistan, it's it's at war with itself. If I can kind of look into the establishment itself, I think has a schism now, has a divide now. There are two generals who both want to be the chief of armed staff, and one is being backed by the prime minister, the other one is backed by the outgoing general. How do you make the situation? There is going to be a no confidence motion before the 27th of March. It has to happen. There's also a foreign funding case that might go against Imran Khan. So a lot of stuff going on right now. How do you see the next couple of weeks? Then we can come back to the next question that I have for Lefsa. You see, Sri, the main problem in Pakistan is that uh, Pakistan is not a democracy. Uh, Myanmar today is not a democracy. It was a partial democracy when Aung San Suu Kyi uh, was uh, technically in charge. But even there, the military had uh, equal power or more power. And today, it's a full military dictatorship. Pakistan is a de facto military dictatorship. And I'm sorry to say, uh, you know, it is sheer hypocrisy uh, on the part of different countries. Now, I know, for, I mean, I'm not going to name countries because I, am, I, I like many of these countries. They're good friends of India. But whenever their leaders go visiting Pakistan or they invite Pakistan uh, people to come there, they don't invite the civilians very much. Naam ke vaste they invite for the sake of a name. They might invite Imran Khan. They're not going to take Imran Khan seriously. The person they're going to take seriously is the chief of army staff. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the, the, his core commanders. They will be invited. Their children will be studying in the United States, in Britain, in Australia, in Canada, all these locations. I don't know how on their salaries, but they all manage that, uh, that feat. So this is the whole problem. The world has, take, has put a blind eye to the sufferings of the Pashtuns, the, the Baloch, the Sindhis, the moderate uh, Sunnis in the Punjab also. I mean, the minorities, you can forget about. There are hardly any minorities in Pakistan now. It's about less than 2%. From around 30%, it's gone down to less than 2%. And nobody in so many countries is asking anything about that. Nobody is asking about that. But but at least among, you know, uh, we were talking about an Islamophobia bill. But I want to point out, Sri, that Muslims are being killed in the Muslim-majority countries. Whether it is in Pakistan, whether it is in Yemen, whether it is in other countries, it is unfortunately one section of Muslims killing the other. So are, they, are you going to call Pakistan an Islamophobic state? Are you going to call the two factions in Yemen Islamophobic? They're killing each other. So this is the track. Afghanistan also what is happening. The Taliban is going around identifying people whom they believe work for the Americans or the British or the other coalition forces. And they're systematically uh, taking care of them in a, in a way which is, I don't want to describe here, but which uh, you know we all know very well. So... But is that in the in the media? No, it's all suddenly about. Uh, I mean, everybody in Europe, everybody in the United States, very concerned about Ukraine. Sanction after sanction on on Russia, all kinds of you know uh, of of uh, I mean billions and billions of dollars of help pouring in. I mean, aren't the Pashtun people like the Ukrainian people? They've also got two eyes, two hands, two legs. Uh, aren't they human? Then why aren't you listening to their suffering? Why aren't you listening to the suffering of the minorities in, in parts of the world 
where minorities have disappeared, including in Afghanistan, I'm sorry to say, and in Pakistan. So, Sri, I would like to say the, pa the Pakistan people are groaning under the control of the military. So long as the military is in control, the military, which, by the way, has now become an instrument of extremist uh, theology under Ziaul Haq, and that has position has continued uh, under all these successive, uh, you know, uh, chiefs of staff. This problem is going to come, and it's also going to come because the West is not really bothered about what is happening, for example, in the Pashtun territories or in Balochistan or to the minorities or in, in Pakistan. They're not concerned. They're very worried about the Ukrainians. I don't see why. I see Ukrainians, Afghans, Indians, Pakistanis, the people from Africa, South America as the same. We are all the same. But why Joe Biden, uh, Boris Johnson and his other leaders think Ukrainians are different from us? They're the same as we are. Why they treat them so differently from us is beyond me. A lot of questions. Unfortunately, not many answers to this. In fact, U.S., you would assume they would know the extent if of I can, If I can comment on it, I would love to do it. <laughs> Why we are being treated uh, differently is we all know that Taliban are the proxy of our neighborhood country. Pakistan, they are trained and supported by ISI and Pakistani army generals. Uh, and I wouldn't say Pakistani because my own Pashtun are also Pakistani nationals, so I wouldn't insult them. So when I asked those general, I uh, interviewed for my thesis, master research, uh, they would tell me there were many reasons for why we wouldn't sanction Pakistan. One of the reasons were the Cold War when, when Pakistan helped CIA to win the war in Afghanistan. But people forget, and the Western people forget that it was the Afghan people who fought on the front line. It was the Pashtun people who win this war, but the credit win, went to the ISI and the Pakistani army generals. And then when the Taliban came, they invited me, but you didn't say anything. Why? It was because uh, it was the loyalty question. So Pakistan helped the Western country to win the war, but they forget it was the Afghan who lost their lives. And the war on terror, it was also the Pashtun people and the Afghan people who lost their lives. And what happened to them in, in August uh, 2021? They were betrayed by the Western allies. And we were again thrown to, to Pakistan, proxy Taliban. So the reason we are being treated differently is because we are not the ally of the Western country. I don't know, we, we have been uh, known uh, since 2001 that we are uh, the US ally to fight against the terror, but in reality we weren't and we were not aware of it. So we have been betrayed twist by by the, the Western country. This is what I have been said many times, that the Western country has not appreciated us. And 
the you said regarding uh, Imran Khan. Imran Khan has become kind of spokesperson for the Pashtun people. Who is he? He's trying to tell the world that the Pashtun people are very, uh, you know, conservative. They love the Taliban and they do not like the women uh, education and women rights. I'm sorry to say it. I'm Pashtun woman and my husband is from very traditional uh, uh, family. So is my family. I'm Pashtun and my family support women education. So Pakistan has got the free, you know, forum uh, on international pl platform to represent me. You would never see it, um, Russian do it to Ukrainian, but Pakistan is kind of representing me as Afghan. And this is the one trick, the Western country who are supporting them. Uh, much of it comes to ignorance also. Uh, and I can tell you that United States, especially uh, once they feel like their objectives are met, they completely abandon you. You saw what happened after the Russian withdrawal. They had promised that they would rehabilitate what was remaining. You know, they would pick up the pieces, that they would help Afghanistan with schools and basic infrastructure. And none of mm -hmm. that happened. There's a movie called Charlie Wilson's War that people can watch, viewers can watch, to understand at that point of time what happened. And, and, and basically, Afghanistan was just abandoned, and that's how uh, Taliban came in. So we can go on and on, but my takeaway I'm hoping today is uh, perhaps uh, first, Mr. Professor Nalapad, and then you, Lefsa, conclusion on what you think the West should be doing. Right now, the West might be looking at the Russia-Ukraine conflict, but this is also an important one because lines are being redrawn and this might be as good a time as any. Professor Nalapat, you first and then Lefsa. Look, uh, I'm optimistic for the simple reason that I have confidence in the Western people. You know, uh, I mean, uh, there have been some voices in, in, in different, uh, I mean, uh, you know, in different parts of the world uh, that look, uh, people who are of European descent are very narrow-minded and very selfish. I, I, I've said openly in many fora, and I'm telling you that, uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, people who are of European descent have played a very significant role in helping me to develop my own ideas, not their ideas, my ideas, and in disseminating my ideas across the Western world. I'm sure that, uh, I mean, that Lebsa will be meeting the same situation. There will be Western people who are helping her. The point is today, you know, the media, I'm sorry to say, Sri, please don't, uh, as a loyal American citizen that you are, don't get upset. But there is no difference between Pravda and the New York Times or the Washington Post. No difference between the Pravda of 1918 and 1991 and the Washington Post of today. They are both propaganda mouthpieces uh, for the uh, government in power. And they give a very slanted narrative. You've seen that on steroids in the Ukraine uh, conflict. And this is what Lefsa has been so bravely and courageously, uh, uh, I mean, pointing out. And I'm really surprised that she's able to do that because uh, there must be a lot of very conservative people there who believe that, you know, people in Afghanistan, Pashtun, they're lower level people. So we can't have the same European standards for them of human rights and human dignity. Well, I'm sorry. Hello. You know, we all there are universal freedoms and universal rights. And everybody uh, is capable of enjoying those rights 
and of deserving those rights. Winston Churchill thought India was not capable. The Hindus were a beastly people. Indians are overall ghastly people. So never give them freedom. Winston Churchill was wrong, you know. So I'm only saying, Sri, that have confidence in society, in India, in Pakistan, in Afghanistan. Have confidence in people like Lepsa, who are who, as she very correctly said, she and her husband, who's giving a complete support, by the way, and he comes from a very traditional Pashtun family. The point is, traditional Pashtun families up to the towards the middle or the end of the, of the 1970s, when the Russians began interfering in Pashtun society and really interfered in force in the 1980s. They were a very, they were proud of their moderation. They were proud of their education. You know, I have Pashtun friends. Some of them are Hindu. Uh, many of them are Muslim. And you know, the grandfathers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, there are other people. There's a gentleman called Kishore Lal, who's a very proud Pashtun. And he was telling me there were temples, there were Gurdwaras, there were Buddhist monasteries all across our Pashtun lands. And Somehow, this evil force of, uh, of extremism just destroyed all of them, destroyed our lives, and destroyed the lives of the Pashtuns as well. It is what Lefsa is pointing out. And Lefsa, if you could uh, give us your concluding thoughts, and then we'll have this conversation again in a few weeks' time. Assume you asked that what could be the solution uh, for this is, I would, you know, state that uh, to support the Pashtun protection movement and uh, the Pashtun women and the Afghan women who are protesting against um, against the uh, brutal re brutal regime of of uh, of, uh, of Taliban, uh, which has been installed by the Pakistani ISI and <laughs> their army generals, and. Uh, Pashtun are not extremists. We are not. We are not dangerous. We are not monsters. We are peace-loving people. Thanks, uh, Lefsa, for taking time to join with us. And we are going to have more conversations on this. This is just a introduction, if you will, of Pashtun, Pakistan, and 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 the history of Pakistan and what is really happening to the world. I'm hoping that this will open the eyes of many people, and I'm very sure that we'll have. We'll have you back along with Professor Nalapat for more such conversations. Namaskar. Inshallah.